You're listening to the Yontos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories in the pursuit of being in truth. I'm Matt. And I'm Vod. And our sentience depends on you. Do the intro music. I do not know what went on in the minds of the Kolos, what memories they retained, what human emotions they truly still knew. I do not. I do know that our discovery of the one creature who named himself human was tremendously fortunate. Without his struggle to become human again, we might have never understood the link between the Kolos, Hemalurgy, and the Inquisitors. Of course, there was another part for him to play. Granted, not large, but still important, all things considered. The prison preservation created for Ruin was not created out of preservation's power, though it was of preservation. Rather, preservation sacrificed his consciousness, one could say his mind, to fabricate that prison. He left a shadow of himself, but Ruin, once escaped, began to suffocate and isolate the small, remnant vestige of his rival. I wonder if Ruin ever thought it was strange that preservation had cut himself off from his own power, relinquishing it and leaving it in the world to be gathered and used by men. In preservation's gambit, I see nobility, cleverness, and desperation. He knew that he could not defeat Ruin. He had given too much of himself, and beyond that, he was the embodiment of stasis and stability. He could not destroy, not even to protect. It was against his nature, hence the prison. Mankind had been created by both Ruin and preservation, with a hint of preservation's own soul to give them sentience and honor. In order for the world to survive, pres- preservation knew he had to depend on upon his creations, to give him trust, or to give them his trust. I wonder what he thought when those creations repeatedly failed him. I don't wonder that we focused far too much on the mist during those days, but for what I now know of sunlight and plant development, I realize that our crops weren't as in much danger for misty days as we feared. We might very well have been able to find plants to eat that did not need as much light to survive. True, the mist also did cause some deaths in those who went out, but the number killed was not large enough a percentage of the population to be a threat to our survival as a species. The ash, was that was our real problem. The smoke filling the atmosphere, the black flakes covering up everything beneath the eruptions of volcanic ash mounts. Those were what would kill the world. So, chapter 59, long time, long time no see. Indeed. Um, I'm just going to jump straight into this because I'm super excited. We are essentially breaking up part five into two different weeks, and this week we're, we end on probably one of the best spots to end ever. It's one of those classic cliffhangers that make you roll your eyes if you don't continue reading at that point. But uh, 59 here. We open up with the new part, Trust, and it's Tensoon's point of view. And he has just arrived in Orto, and he's absolutely amazed to see everyone's happy, working together. The waters have returned to the canals, and he's just here to find Vin, who he still believes to be the hero of ages. So Tensoon's like, all right, I got to play this out. How am I going to do this? How am I going to talk to them? Then he just realizes, you know what? I'm so fed up with this BS Chandra stuff and so he just goes up as a dog and starts talking to the venture soldiers and the guards let him through because they're I mean why not talking uh talking dog asking for Ellen venture or Vin yeah 
So they just let him through because I guess they're they're not getting paid enough to stop that. And uh, Breeze, it turns out Breeze, despite what he told Kelsier in the first book, here he is governing Orto, which I think is so funny that Breeze the entire time was just like, I don't want to do anything important. And here he is. And he even says that he's like, I have no idea why I'm do- why I'm even doing this. But Breeze is governing Verto, uh, Orto, and he ends up talking to Tensun, and he learns that Tensun's not Orsir, and he learned, he's like, oh, I always wondered why, you know, Vin's wolfhound was so well-behaved. It makes a whole bunch of sense now. But um, here we go. Uh, Tensun is told about Vin being in Fadric, and Tensun once says it to take a bite you know, to bite the bait and help out with the Chondra culture, but he just gets sad boy season, and he's not interested at all. And so uh, Tensoon's like, well, that's weird, but I got to get out of here. I got to get to Fadric City because I, I got to find Vin. And that's the end of chapter 59. So chapter 60, we get Vin's point of view and Yeoman, she's talking about how Yeoman made like the perfect prison for her. Uh, there's no signs of metals there. We know we talked about it. I don't know, several weeks ago at this point, how Yeoman has also like been filtering the water. It's only rainwater. There's no sources of metal. She has no sources of metal. She, uh, the, she's surrounded by haze killers, and there's just absolutely nothing she can do. But she realizes, you know, I need to give Yeoman what he's expecting. He's expecting me to try to break out. I need to give him that because if I don't, then um, I'm never going to have a chance to escape. If I if I don't if I don't try to throw him off balance because he's too good he's too good right now he has it set up too perfectly I need to introduce some chaos and so she does exactly what he expects she tries to escape on purpose and uh, she like opens the door essentially like fights fights some guards as they're trying to feed her and gets into the hallway and realizes she's totally screwed because there's twenty plus haze killers in the hallway just waiting for her and of course they just like. She gives up on purpose, but I mean, they weren't. She wasn't going to do anything, and they 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 beat her up and they take her to Yeoman. She gets like four and, of them, I think, something like that. She gets she gets a good a good amount. Uh, yeah, she, but there were like plenty of people down the hall and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. Like I think she gets two. I think there's two she knocks out. And then it's like she gets into the hall, and that's when she turns the corner to like twenty plus haze killers, and she's like, oh, <laughs> oops. But she gets taken to Yeoman, and Yeoman. Is like, you know, it's time to decide on whether or not I'm going to execute you. And she's like, you know, you have to be misborn, right? You know, because she, she like, secretly, she covered, that was her plan to distract them. They didn't search her. They took her to Yeoman, and she had hid, like, grease on her clothings. So she, like, greased her wrist, and the minute they take her in, she pulls out of them and attacks Yeoman, and he reacts perfectly, and she's like, you're burning ATM. Like, I know the look of it. You're burning ATM. You're moving too perfectly. And she asks him if he's a misborn. He's like, nope, I'm not a misborn. And, he, and she's like, why Why are you lying? He goes, I've, I never lie. What is the purpose of me lying? There's no reason to lie at all. And so she's like, yeah, likely story. But uh, she's asking, you know, he's like, I need to decide on whether you're going to be executed. And Vince smells like, you know, something a bit fishy. But she plays along with it. So Yeoman asks, like, why they're attacking Fadrix. And there's a moment where Vin gets Reen's voice in her head again. But it's actually giving good advice this time. So she's like, 
is this ruin or is this me actually remembering something that's that's helpful i can't i can't tell but uh she she like stands up for ellen and because yeoman's like you know he's a liar and such and vin's like no he's not a liar y'all just are seeing the world completely different right now and so like what you don't realize is he he's he's actually probably pretty similar to you and yeoman tries to push that aside what I thought was really interesting is while while this is happening, Ruin's talking to Vin, and Ruin tells Vin, "You know, Yeoman would have made an incredible pawn, but I could never, I could never get to him. You know, I, he goes, I tried several times, but he was never swayed, which I think speaks a lot about Yeoman. We've talked about how much, at least I have, that I liked Yeoman, and this shows that if if Ruin has consistently tried to get him, which we'll learn in the epigraphs a little bit later, how hard he tried to get him." Um, and he still failed. I don't know. I think he just says good things about him. But essentially, Vin's able to pull aside and determine what's actually the issue here. Why Yeoman's keeping her alive and why Yeoman hates her so much. And it's the fact that Yeoman does not think the Lord Ruler's dead. Yeoman believes the Lord Ruler is alive and that um, it's all a part of his plan. That, they, that he had to make Vin think that, that she killed him. And, you know, yeah, and she's like, okay, I get it. I get it here. I know I know what's going on. He's just, he's scared. He He's having a, essentially a crisis of faith here. And he truly, truly believes in, in, the, in the religion of the Lord Ruler. Like a true believer, not someone who was just playing the game. He's a, a true believer. And so Vin leans into that and is like, don't you see? Like the Lord Ruler's dead. It's true. I'm not Kelsier's heir. I'm the Lord Ruler's heir. If you look at everything I've done, I killed him, I took his place, I conquered his people, and I conquered this empire. Like, I have to, like, I'm I'm here to replace him. And she tries to play into that angle, and of course that doesn't work. But um, he, he just wants the Lord Ruler back. He's not going to accept the truth. And, you know, Vin points out that they need the ATM, you know, like, that's why we're here. I'm telling you the truth. We're here because we need the ATM. And Yeoman says it's completely worthless because he now has the real thing he needs. He has the food storage, and that's what he's going to be able to use to rebuild this empire for the Lord Ruler when he returns. And that's the end of chapter 60. Chapter 61, incredibly short chapter. Um, Ellen returns, pondering the Miss Spirit, um, asking like himself why. And we know who the Miss Spirit is, but asking why. Um, the Miss Spirit said not to attack Frederick City. And he's just trying to piece it together. And he knows that Vin's still alive because, cool thing here, he's like, I know Vin's still alive because the Coloss that I gave her are still under control. And as long as she doesn't need medals for that, as long as she's alive, they will stay under her control. And uh, I think it was set. So it was like, it was either set or hand, but one of them was like, you know, Ellen, if they would have killed her while you were gone, it would have been really nice to know. It was him. <laughs> yeah, he was like, yeah, it would have been good that, to know that. Yeah, it would have been good to know that, like, you know, I think it was like a thousand Kolos or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's, not, it's not a ton compared to the whole group, but it would have been good to know that that many could just go crazy. But uh, basically, it's given back to him that the capital is in bad shape. Most of the cities are lost. Basically, his entire empire is burning behind him right now. And Set, Set asks him, are we going to attack? And Ellen gives the order to muster. They are going to attack in the morning. And that's the end of 61. So, very interesting set of chapters here. Um, I love seeing the dynamic of Ruin. 
Um, because like, you know, up until these last recent chapters, Ruin has been this kind of like ethereal thing that's just been kind of like in the background that we knew was intelligent, that could do all sorts of, you know, tomfoolery or whatever, like cause a whole bunch of problems, but usually um, wasn't something we would actually hear from or talk to. Um, but we see how he kind of interacts with Ven. Um, I think it was really kind of brilliant the way Ven was able to work uh, the way she was. I mean, honestly, if Yeoman didn't have ATM, uh, she would have had him. But I mean, as yeah. as Ruin said, he's like, "Oh, you almost got him," but in the end, did you? You were never really close. Um, yeah, exactly. So I mean, Yeoman only took that that um, risk in a calculated manner. He was actually just saying, you know, he basically came forward and was like. I go ahead and bring her close to me because um, it doesn't matter. I have the ATM, so she's not going to be able to do anything to me. Um, yeah, it's true. He did a good job of trying to like bait bait her out to do things. Um, and so, like, it, it is just kind of interesting to see Ruin like be a part of this. I, if I recall, um, this is also the chapters when uh, she's talking about the ska religion, and Yeoman's like, you know, they worship you, and they're like, no, they don't worship me. And also, I don't really like it. And Ruin's like, why don't you let them worship you? You know, why don't you yeah. go go through this? And it's interesting because, you know, we're at this point where we're like, everything Ruin says is probably a bad idea. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Discord. So it's like, um, it's just kind of fascinating because it's like, that's one of the things they really want him to do. But I think Ven took a masterstroke um in terms of being able to talk with Yeoman. Um, one of the underrated talents that Vin has is like kind of understanding people pretty well. Um, and she quickly kind of hones in on, you know, what Yeoman's wanting here. Admittedly, mm, yeah. I, I would have been like in this position of, okay, Yeoman's a really religious guy and he wants to be dead. And I would have been just like left at that. But she's right. Like, why is he dragging this out? Like, why is he, you know, he could just do this. Like, he has every opportunity. Like, what is his deal? And she very, you know, accurately, you know, figures out, oh, he's having a crisis of faith. He wants to understand, you know, what's the whole point of me being here? And he's worried that he's going to interfere with his God's plan. Yeah. She even points out, she's like, you can't kill me. And I know you want to, but you can't kill me because what if this is a part of the Lord Ruler's plan all along? What are you going to do? You're going to ruin that? And I think she, again, does like a masterstroke in saying, like, I am the Lord Ruler's heir. Um, mm-hmm. Which, you know, hard to argue. Like, honestly, if you're talking about like a position of faith, then that's like a pretty logical one to go with. Um, I mean, the problem is, is that Yeoman dismisses certain things out of hand. Like, he's just like, she's like, I killed the Lord Ruler or whatever, and he's like, I don't believe that. Uh, I yeah. touched. I don't. I don't believe that. I touched yeah. the sliver of infinity that he touched. I don't believe that. Like, yeah. And it's like, okay, well, here she is now. She's giving like I have a really well neatly packaged explanation for all of this, which is I am the Lord Ruler's heir. You know, I killed him. I assumed his empire. I assumed his power. Almost, you know, N- not. Not only did I assume his empire, I I actually didn't assume his empire. I did exactly what he did. I touched the power, and then I conquered yeah. his empire. 
Um, which, I, you know, fair point, uh, kind of makes some sense. And I just thought that was really, really fascinating. Um, I'm, mm-hmm, me too. I'm also a sucker for like, you know, prison break type stuff. When prison break, yes. the show was actually running. I loved that show. This idea that because, you, you know, these people get super duper creative with their escapes. And then to think like, ah, oh, this is how she did it, you know, to grease her our hands up and stuff. Um, I think I've seen like the trope, not trope, but like the common thing where people will like break their fingers in order to get, you know, out of yeah, handcuffs. Yeah, yeah. And she kind of, I mean, she injures herself in the process, but like it's kind of interesting to know that she didn't do that, um, but she still like got pretty far with it. True. I just want to make a note here. Um, I'm sorry for anyone listening. I was just checked my audio while I was recording. I'm like blasting. I blasted it. <laughs> and so I corrected it now. So if I sound a little quiet, even after our editing, that's why. <laughs> there's some tricks that we can do to in post to be able to help with that. Um, but um, yeah, no, I think the coolest thing about this, the, the set of chapters, in my opinion, is the fact that um, it's crazy to see Ellen going through what he's going through now because you can see there's a ton of that trauma he's gone through in, 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 in the previous books of where he's what he's trusted people when he's trusted in other things to make decisions, you know, other than his close advisors, it has bit him and it's bit him in the butt and he, it's always been an issue. And so here he is with the miss spirit directly. He trusted this before and now he's ignoring the miss spirits advice. He's going to attack Fadric city. Well, I, and... I think he does actually say he goes, did the Miss Spirit actually tell me not to attack it or do I just not want to? And I'm interpreting that. Yes, exactly. Um, <clears throat> but I just think it's super, super interesting to see his character arc at this point where he's, you know, before, you know, we saw Vin basically. I don't want to say she screwed the plan up in Final Empire, but she kind of did with how irrational she was with protecting Ellen. Um, then we see in the second book, Ellen like irrationally screws everything up protecting Vin. Um, not like his whole system necessarily, but I think like him being so trusting in a way, which is weird to say, him being so trusting in a way kind of screwed up Vin because she wasn't he wasn't able to kind of ground her in reality and then here we are in the third book and he's just like I trust Vin completely on everything she'll figure it out and you know what I just got to keep going my way if what I do leads to her dying that's what has to happen and it's it's like kind of crazy to see that yeah if I recall he actually said something to the effect of like you know she let me die because she trusted me and so maybe mm-hmm. my should be doing the same thing. Yeah. The other thing why we're kind of mis- kind of skirting over right now is um, uh, the stuff that's happening in Orto. Um, so Tensoon, it's funny because, you know, in the previous chapters, he had pulled up Kelsier's bones. It came forward and he, mm-hmm. was, he had considered doing that. Yep. Um, but he was like, uh, you know, probably shouldn't do that anymore. Uh, that might cause some problems. Um, what I thought was interesting was how Breeze was like, so were you always, a, you know, a conjurer or did you just eat her dog? And I, I wonder when he 
was told or figured it out. Um, most likely he was told um, that uh, Tensoon was a Chondra, uh, like the, the dog. Um, because so I think he even says in that moment, I don't know if he was, because I think he says in that moment, he goes, or sewer, I, I assume. And he's like, I'm not a, or sewer. I don't think he was told at all about the whole Tensoon thing. Oh yeah. He probably wasn't told that, but I wonder like, cause once Tensoon walks in, he immediately recognizes, ah, oh, this is Mrs. Venn's dog. This is a Contra. Um, yeah. so I'm like, I don't think he came upon the revelation right then and there, because I feel like. Even though Breeze is pretty chill, he probably would have had a more profound reaction if he had been like, "Ah, oh, it's Vin's dog. Oh, you must be a Chondra. Like, he probably would have, like, said something to that effect. He knew that Vin's dog was a Chondra at some point. I just wonder when. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's he's sitting here, you know, ruling and everything like that. And um, Tensoon, I think it's funny uh him see- seeing his perspective when talking to you know everyone cuz he's basically um he's seeing the characters like the for where they were in the middle of well of ascension and yeah. he's coming in now going you guys are all so weird like why are you yeah. like why are you acting this way it doesn't make any sense and his thing is and this is what's funny. He has a completely understand actual good authority to say what is weird because he mentions he spent months following them. So he knows who they are, mm-hmm. how they work and everything like that. And they're just he's just like, why are you doing this? It doesn't make any sense. This is completely out of character for you guys. Um, so I thought that was just kind of funny. Um, yeah, because and I think. Sp- oh, good. Because like it, I mentioned before, like. If we were to look at all the characters before Well of Ascension, just all of them, and then look at where they are at now, you'd be like, what the heck? Like, it doesn't, you guys don't make any sense. And that's basically what he's doing. Yeah, no, I think you, you say it several times, you know, Well of Ascension is essentially the, the first half of the second Mistborn book. <laughs> yeah, and, and honestly, uh, the, the thing is, is I like to tell people that when I was intimidated by Stormlight, I was saying like, oh, these are like the longest books that I would have ever dove, in, dove into because I'm used to books that are like half this size. Well, if you treated like Well of Ascension and Hero of Ages as one book, then that's very, very close to a Stormlight book. Yeah. Uh, I, saw the ta- I saw the take on Reddit that... I just want to bring up really fast. Um, someone suggested that they they loved Mistborn Era One, but they wish it would have been longer. And they suggested somewhere between the lines of six to nine books. And I went, "How? I think it's paced like so well. Well, of Ascension was paced so incredibly slow, but like Final Empire and Hero of Ages were paced like perfectly, in my in my opinion." Yeah, I mean, I I, I would have a hard time. Filling in a lot of fluff. I mean, uh, I mean, Brendan does pretty darn good, you know, when it comes to like, here's some world building, here's some character development. I don't feel like, you know, he had an overabundance of stuff to say or do. I mean, if you wanted to argue, uh, this is not really spoilers for Stormlight, but if you were to look at something like like Shallan. Um, and you look at like her story and how she was developed in in um, Way of Kings, 
you thought, oh, maybe Venn's training should have taken a similar length of time, like in terms of the book. That's not a I don't I think that's not a unfair thing to say. Um, I just don't know if I'd been interested in that. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't match the story, though. Like, no, no, no. You're right. Pace. You're so like, yeah. You're right. It doesn't match the story, and that's kind of, I guess, that's also my point. Is like, um, you know, the uh, this is a different thing, and I think it fits what it is perfectly. Um, like as we get to other books, especially like the newer books, like we look at like um, Trust of the Emerald Sea, uh, which was recently released. It was a you know a relatively short book you know for my cosmere standards um yeah but it was a perfectly placed a perfectly paced story and it was what it was you know not everything needs to be this really big drawn-out epic um but if you want to get the idea of a big drawn-out epic well of ascension and hero of ages being one book is pretty close to it yeah i I agree and so you kind of were speaking about tensoon before and i think that's a good place to transition because in the next couple of chapters here we're going to see um how exactly everyone's acting weird and how Tensoon was kind of relying on Sazed and in the end, Sazed comes through. His real nature is revealed. Hey everyone, Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ontos. That's patreon.com slash O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you.